0: Hello, time travelers. This week, in 2018, we check out the latest superhero movie, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Then we travel to 1978 to see the modern superhero movie grandfather of them all, Superman the movie. The movie that they all descended from. And Veronica, I gotta ask you, do you think somewhere in the Spider-Verse, there's a universe where all superhero movies took Superman's spoken word poetry sequence?
1: Uh, I mean, there must be, according to the laws of the Spider-Verse.
0: Oh, all this and more on Box Office Time Machine.
1: Toot toot!
0: Oh, I thought you were like jumping into. Oh, sorry.
1: <laughs> well, this is already a great start. Yeah,
0: this is very good. Hi, John. We were just talking about how angry we were that we weren't on any end of the year best podcast lists, and already I feel like this is proof that everyone's a fucking moron. Exactly. This is all gold.
1: <laughs> I mean, this podcast, if nothing else, is the embodiment of the human experience.
0: I've always found that the greatest character in the podcast was the city of Chicago.
1: Whoa. See, I thought we don't record it
0: in Chicago, but I've just always felt that way.
1: See, I thought it was always New York City.
0: Oh. Mm. New York City's like a character, but Chicago's a better character.
1: Ooh, Chicago's more relatable.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. What is this podcast?
1: This is a podcast where we rank cities based on how <laughs> hot and fuckable they are.
0: <laughs> I was, I, in the post Too era, I didn't want to say that. But when I was saying uh, Chicago is the greatest character, it was because I wanted to fuck Chicago. Where would
1: you fuck Chicago, John? Yeah
0: the sears tower that's not called the sears tower anymore
1: oh what is it called
0: i don't know it's called something
1: mm, i think i would go like into grand park mm. somewhere
0: luscious mm, now that you, now that i think you have a visual picture of who we are from where we'd fuck the city of chicago i'm john brashad
1: i'm veronica Yarovsky.
0: And twist, this is not a city fuckability ranking podcast. Yet. This Yet. (laughs) We'll see what 2019 brings. This is a podcast where we watch the number one movie of the American box office for that week, as well as the number one movie from that same weekend, 10, 20, 30, or 40 years in the past. This week, we watch Into the Spider-Verse, as well, spider Verse.
1: Spider-Verse. <laughs> We're well Spider-Versed
0: <laughs> in the Spider-Verse. As well as 1978's Superman, uh, colon the movie, which is how Amazon <laughs> Prime listed. it. Um, but first, let's start with the present day, 2018. Um, Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse. Let's see, just a description of how this movie came to be is... M- as complicated as any comic book story. This uh, uh, movie stars Miles Morales, who is a character who was created in 2011 in the alternate ultimate Ultimates uh, imprint in Marvel Comics, a separate universe from the main universe. Miles Morales became the Spider-Man in that universe after that universe's Peter Parker died. Then, years later, or uh, this, no, years earlier, Marvel had given the film rights to Spider-Man, to Sony, who, after the success of the Sam Raimi movies, totally botched it with the Mark Webb movie starring Andrew Garfield. Then they gave the property back, basically, to Marvel, or at least they let Marvel have creative control, which led to the Tom Holland movies in the MCU, but they still wanted to make their own spider-man movies which led to this movie an animated movie that is a loose adaptation of the spider-verse does any of this make sense Uh, i'm just talking my mind is just saying things
1: i guess the question is less that and more like does it matter no i don't think it does because this movie is really fun i really enjoyed
0: it none of that fucking matters Let's just say this is our third-in-a-row animated uh, children's film. Yeah. And e- I would say, easily the best.
1: Yeah, I would say so. I mean, yeah, for sure. And I would say it's probably the best Spider-Man movie I have personally seen. But I'm not a fan of Spider-Man. It's previously referenced in this same podcast. Oh,
0: yeah. you In a previous episode, uh, I had to define what makes Peter Parker an interesting character.
1: Yeah, Unsuccessfully, <laughs> I um, might add.
0: Uh, but yeah, it, just a quick uh, plot uh, rundown. This is so it's an animated film um, uh, made produced by uh, Chris Lord and Phil Miller. Phil, no, Lord Phil, and Chris, Lord. Phil Lord and Chris Miller. The Clone <laughs> but High. But there might Jump be a Street.
1: universe.
0: <laughs> it, there is another universe. That's the universe where they finish solo. Um, <laughs> uh, they made uh, Clone High, Twenty One Jump Street. Um Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs. The
1: Lego movie. The Lego
0: movie. Um, they're great for taking properties that should not be a success and making them great. Uh, they did not write and direct this one. Um, Miller, I believe, had a hand in writing it, but right. they are mostly producers. Uh, anyway, this is an animated story in which Miles Morales, a 13-year-old uh, boy uh, from Brooklyn, um, becomes gets spider powers right around the same time that the Peter Parker of his universe dies, uh, and then, through a twist of mad science, Spider-Men and women from all sorts of different and universes... Animals. And animals. Uh, uh, are trapped into his universe and have to work together to escape, and Miles Morales has to learn to be a Spider-Man in his own right to help them get back to their own universe. Is that a succinct uh, description of a movie that has a massive amount of plot... Yeah, And somehow gets it all out pretty damn well.
1: Yeah, I think that that's that's accurate. That's a good starting point.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So we both like the movie. Um, uh, I would not put it, uh, you said it's your favorite Spider-Man movie. I've been on the record of loving the uh, uh, first two Sam Raimi movies. I would say um, I haven't watched the first Sam Raimi one in in a while. Uh, I rewatched the second one a few years ago and I still loved it. I don't think this one is at that level, but I think it's very close.
1: I think it is. It is one of the best Marvel movies, period, I've seen. A few I like and it more than like, a lot of
0: MCU movies. Now. Yeah,
1: I, I thought it was super fun, very snappy. It didn't feel long, even though it was almost two hours, mm-hmm. though under two hours MCU. <laughs> um, yeah, it was just fun. It was you know, emotional when it needed to be emotional. It was funny. Uh, Miles' character was super relatable and fun. He was, like, not as boring as fucking Toby Maguire.
0: <laughs> Disagree. Disagree.
1: Uh, yeah, I just thought it all worked. It all came together. Even sort of because you knew, I mean, if you've seen one of these movies, you know what mm. kind of arc it's going to take. So, like, you kind of knew the bits <laughs> or the beats. Well, uh, they,
0: they, they have fun with that.
1: Yeah, exactly. So you kind of, it it's all there, but it's all either subverted to an extent or like given a fresh spin. So it doesn't feel old or stale. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's great and fun.
0: Yeah, I think, um, uh, well, again, I want to be clear that Lord Miller didn't write and direct this, but uh, the movies they've uh, overseen, one of the ways I think they've been very good at taking prop like premises that shouldn't be good they look at why it shouldn't be good and try to build the story around that seeming deficit. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, this is a commercial for Legos. Okay, well, let's make the story so endemic to what it me- what Legos mean to people. So this is a movie that is an origin story of another fucking Spider-Man after we've seen so many in the past 20 years. Right. And then we're introducing other spider man And so they actually make, like, the structural motif of the movie origin stories. Right, And they exactly. make them super fun mm-hmm. to the point where, spoilers, Miles gets his own little origin story at the end and it feels very earned. And you're just w- hoping for this character to get the origin story, this thing that we've all been tired of in other movies.
1: Yeah, I thought it was really good. It's just... And I think they also picked... I don't know, maybe you know since you might have read the comics. But I think they also picked good Spider-Man, like, spin-off characters to include as sort of the other Spider-People who entered the Spider-Verse or come out of the Spider-Verse. Not entirely sure how the Spider-Verse works. <laughs> uh, but, because, yeah, I thought all, like the washed out peter parker was great and his relationship with miles i mean peter porker is amazing uh, i just spider I thought,
0: ham who in this version so spider ham is a character from the comics
1: right he that was so funny i would watch an entire spider ham movie i thought it was very fun like spider gwen stacy mm-hmm. is great uh But was it? Penny Parker? Penny
0: Parker is the manga Spider-Man. Yeah, the
1: manga one was really good. Yeah, all of them were great. And of course, Nick Cage is basically, I guess, Shadow Spider-Man.
0: He's Spider-Man noir. (laughs)
1: Okay, because he looks like the comic character, the Shadow, almost.
0: A little bit, except Um, with
1: bug eyes. That's true. Yeah, so I thought that they all sort of played off each other really well. And it really did feel like they were a team. They weren't just like... Five rehashes mm-hmm. of the same character, so that was really good. The villain was great, uh, and the fact that they made Doc Ock a woman was pretty cool. I mean, I assume I that has remember. happened before.
0: I assume that's probably from the because they were. I I have not read any of these comic books. I don't. I don't actually read a ton of comics. I've read here and there. Mm-hmm. I'm not as knowledgeable as. Uh, um, I'm sure many people who host movie podcasts. (laughs) The people who are yelling at
1: their (laughs) iTunes right now.
0: (laughs) But I did, back in the day, read about like the first 30 or so of the Ultimate, when they first started Ultimate Spider Man before it became like the whole Ultimate Universe. And I know the Green Goblin that they have in this, who's like looks like an actual monster, Mm -hmm. is the way the Green Goblin was in those. So I assume. Doc Ock, uh, who's played by here by Katherine Hahn.
1: Who's great. She's having a great year. She's been, uh, she was also in The Private Life, which Mm -hmm. was a movie I really liked. And another movie that I was trying to remember, but she's had a pretty good year. Yeah, people love Katherine Hahn. She's wonderful.
0: Um, Yeah, I assume that's probably the version of Doc Ock they have in that, but I'm not sure. Um, I want to say, by the way, before we get too much into this, that this is the first movie we've seen for this podcast where I was uh, horribly ill while we watched it. Oh. Um, so I think part of that might. Cut. So I really expect this movie to be really funny, mm-hmm. and I actually didn't. I I thought it was funny, but like I keep reading reviews where people are like the whole theater was cracking up, and maybe our theater was just a little empty. But I was more like this movie's so much sadder than I expected, and I I want to ask is that how you felt, or is that just because I was Sad in the inside. middle of a horrible <laughs> cold and had spent the entire day like lying on the ground. <laughs>
1: Well, I guess, I don't know that it was very sad. I think it definitely had the usual gravitas one would have with those origin stories when, you know, with great power comes great responsibility kind of realization. Mm. So I thought it was, it was sad in sort of a way that I guess I would have expected it to be. I did think it was pretty funny, especially I mean, John Mullaney has five lines in the movie, I think, and <laughs> he plays
0: uh, Spider Ham. Yeah, and uh, we should—we're gonna get into all the visuals, I'm sure. But one of the things is when all the other spider men and women, spider things, come in, uh, they all have different animation styles. Mm-hmm. So Spider Ham is supposed to look like a Looney Tunes character. Yeah,
1: and I think at one point he also references "That's all, folks." Yeah. <laughs> he says that oh, yeah, as one then, of his last yeah. lines. Uh, so, yeah, he was really funny and was it Spider-Man noir, I guess, mm-hmm. not Shadow Spider-Man. Uh, and <laughs> Nick Cage is super funny. His bit with, uh, he has a bit about trying to figure out what a Rubik's Cube is because he's not only in black and white, but he apparently can also only see black <laughs> and white, which is just like a fun, great gag. But
0: don't, when he brings it back to his other universe, don't we see a glimpse of the Rubik's Cube still in color in his universe and everyone is... Amazed by it?
1: Well, I did guess did I imagine it would be... that
0: in my fever dream?
1: I I don't know. I I can't say that I recall. We've seen this movie over a week ago, hmm. I think. So yeah, we've we've been kind of tardy with recording this. Have um, we? Yeah.
0: No. Uh, whoops.
1: That will be edited out. Holiday. No, uh, it's fine.
0: <laughs> I was very sick. Give me a break. <laughs> I'm not. That was not a judgment. <laughs> I'm just saying that I don't
1: remember all the details. Uh, but yeah. So I thought that. It was funnier than, again, probably most superhero movies. So I can see people being delighted by it for sure. But I can't say that it was also exceptionally sad.
0: I expected. I think I expected it to be on uh, the level of com- a comedy of uh, the Lego Movie or uh, um, Cloudy with the Chance of Meatballs, which I guess was. Oh, I don't know why I assumed that, but. Whatever. Um, But But I
1: think we also came into this movie with different expectations. I think you probably had higher expectations than I did.
0: Uh, Yeah. And I thought, well, the one way um, they were met easily was in the visuals. I thought this movie was so cool to look at.
1: It was definitely, I gotta say, when the trailer came out, I found the visual style mostly confusing. Mm. I don't think... It really worked for me in the trailer, and I found it somewhat distracting, but watching the movie, it all worked. I kind of got it when I was seeing
0: the actual movie. So, God, it's so hard to describe, and I know it's hard to describe. Because I got brunch last week, my parents. My, my parents were in town, and I got brunch. Uh, it was us and
1: yes, parents. Everyone, <laughs> <laughs>
0: take, take that orphans. <laughs>
1: <laughs> mwah,
0: mwah. Um, no, it's us and, uh, uh, and my girlfriend. Um,
1: John has a girlfriend. Yeah,
0: take that incels. Um, <laughs> but uh, there was like a lull in the conversation, and. All I could think about was how excited I was to see this movie, which we had tickets for that Monday, and I think this was Sunday. And I tried to explain to my dad, who was not like this story's gonna make him sound very stolid, like a uh, uh, very cold person, but like. This is not the kind of thing he's interested in. And I was trying to explain, like, oh, the animation is so cool looking. Cause it's like, you know what, let me show you the phone. And I remember in this nice like bruncher restaurant holding up my phone with the trailer. And my dad, <laughs> again, is very friendly and sweet, just went, I'm sorry, there's no way this is doing anything for me. <laughs> oh,
1: well, in his defense, he's more of a DC person. He is. Yeah. He is.
0: He's just, Oh, give me that um. He give was me that first in line to see Aquaman. Too. Oh yeah. <laughs> My dad's a huge uh, Momoa head.
1: Oh, Momoa head.
0: Momoa head, uh, and he's a real Herdy, an Amber Heard fan.
1: Oh, is she in it?
0: Um, she's Princess Mira.
1: I don't know. Or that Queen means. Mira.
0: I don't know. I just read a review of the movie. On the I was air.
1: surprised to recently find out that Nicole Kidman is in this movie. Yeah,
0: she's Aquaman's mom. I
1: know that's ridiculous. She's Aquamom. Oh
0: my god. Why are we talking? About- we didn't see that movie. Uh,
1: yeah. <laughs> uh, But yeah, the animation is great. I think...
0: How would you describe how it looks? Because I genuinely was having a hard time describing it.
1: I mean, I think it it seems to imitate the style of the comic book Mm. page. So it's somewhat grainy in the way that it would look when a cell would be printed on a page of just like a comic book issue. So yeah. I think it mostly it re- really reminded me of that because there were just like these little dots all yeah. over the place.
0: There's a term for that. And I don't it's not pointillism, which is what I want. And it's not crosshatch, obviously. But um, there is a term for that kind of old newsprint. Um, style shading where instead of it, so they didn't have to print just a full thing of like dark ink yeah to do shading they would do t- tons of dots and some of the characters in this have that even in the 3d space uh, which gives it this very interesting feel of 2d turned 3d
1: yeah it, it that would be another thing that i would say that it does somewhat look like 3d looks when you're not wearing glasses but you're looking yeah. at a 3d or the screen showing a 3D movie. So, yeah. So I think that's why I didn't like it in the trailer, because that's how it felt to me when I was seeing the trailer. I was just like, oh, this is blurry and distracting. But it did work in the movie. Mm. And they also have these visual sort of comic cues within the animation, too. Like thought balloons. They have... Sound effects, like clickety-clack or blam. <laughs> yeah. Uh And all those things work. Uh It's a very visually interesting movie, especially, yeah. I guess we can talk about the climax of yeah, the movie. That's,
0: I'll, 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 I'll get to that in a second. One thing I want to say, they also slow down the animation. It is uh 12 frames per second. Oh, interesting. Whereas um, a lot of animation is 24 or even more. Um, uh, they also did this in the Lego movie to, uh, create uh, the feeling that it is stop motion. Oh, Um, interesting. But for here, it is designed to, the idea is that it's to make you, make it seem more like a, like almost less fluid to make it feel like it's a series of poses the Mm -hmm. way it would feel in a comic book.
1: Yeah. I mean, there are definitely scenes where you can see... How this would play out were it on the page mm-hmm. where you would, for example, if someone gets thrown out of a window or something, then there would be a shot tracking them down in a similar way to how it would appear on a page. Mm. That really made me visualize what that would look like on a page, which was kind of cool. I, I usually don't think like that at all, but that was pretty sweet
0: yeah i i've seen techniques like this it's weirdly in like a lot of video games that adapt mm-hmm. from uh, uh superhero comics or comics in general where they will mix animation with like thought balloons and stuff like that uh but here it's used so well i just i honestly don't have the language to describe this like yeah it feels the same <laughs> it feels like similar Hey guys, Uh, (laughs) this is when
1: we announced that we are opening a GoFundMe to fund our education at CalArts. Nothing major, just a master's degree in animation.
0: Well, if we keep doing these summer one movies, I think we're going to watch a whole lot more family animated comedies. (laughs) All
1: right, well, maybe we should purchase a book or something. But okay, so... Climax. This would be a
0: good time to actually sponsor us, sponsor this podcast because we could really throw in a great like audible.com ad right there. All right.
1: Is that how it works? Do we just say audible? We want to be sponsored by you and and magically happens? They just listen
0: to random podcasts one in a week. Oh, yeah, I assume yeah.
1: they're like Jeff Bezos in that South Park plot line.
0: <laughs> Yep, yep, yep.
1: I do have an Alexa, so he might be listening.
0: Oh, my God.
1: Amazon owns Audible. <laughs> ah! uh, so, to get to the climax, um, so basically, the mean guy who's this huge,
0: <laughs> hulking Kingpin.
1: box of a man named Kingpin uh, <laughs> has devised this particle accelerator. To basically bring back his uh, dead wife and son to life uh, because uh, they ran away when they saw him be violent, I think, to Spider-Man in the past. Uh, And so he is devising this particle accelerator to explore other worlds where they're still alive and bring them out of one of these universes into his own and have his family back. Mm -hmm. So in the climax, uh, all the spider people are trying to prevent them from opening up all the universes and basically ruining ours and Miles's. Um, And the way that that whole sequence plays out is so visually impressive. It's sort of this collection of almost pop art drawings and pieces, because sometimes it doesn't even feel that animated. It just, the background sometimes doesn't move. And it, it, it was just very astoundingly beautiful. Yeah. I gotta say.
0: <laughs> I, I, it's, it's so, it's this kaleidoscopic, it's, just visually crazy looking. Mm-hmm. I mean, the best I can describe it this is going to sound so stupid and reductive. The best I can describe it is, if you were sitting in a dorm room right now and your roommate was like, hey, I've got a great idea before we leave for holiday break. Let's drop acid and watch one Spider-Man movie. <laughs> this would be the one to watch.
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's very true. I would also say, yeah, I feel like, you can watch a normal Spider-Man movie on acid and maybe it would look like that if you were on acid. Uh, Yeah, it's just, and it goes on for maybe 15 minutes or so, but it doesn't feel repetitive or annoying in any way. Just, yeah. And it also feels oddly impressive that they made it make sense because it is sort of, to a certain extent, a disparate collection of images,
0: after we watched it, I compared it to the climax of Ralph Breaks the Internet, which is another animated, well, which we had just seen, which is another animated movie where a, this fantastical world is collapsing through magical, like, the internet is breaking down at the end of that movie because of a virus, mm-hmm. and just, um, while I, <laughs> other than the rampant commercialism of that <laughs> climax, but it was visually cool with the giant Ralph monster, mm-hmm. um, this is so many r- realms beyond that mm-hmm. of visual ingenuity, and just it's just bonkers with these buildings <laughs> crashing into each other, mm-hmm. all these colors circling. It's, it's, Very fun to watch.
1: Yeah. I'm also impressed that the studios backed them up on this. Because I can see a universe, another universe, where a studio would be like, nah, it's too confusing for the kids. Let's keep it out. Or let's shorten it. Or let's make it less adventurous. But I'm glad they stuck it out. Or I wonder if there's an even crazier version that exists where (laughs) they really you know let it all out well the
0: studios was very high on this movie I mean they already before it even came out they announced that they're doing a a spider Gwen or uh, I guess her character's actually named Ghost Spider in the comics um, because they couldn't keep calling her a spider Gwen (laughs) Uh, but uh, apparently she's going to get her own spin off what about uh, Peter Porker uh, we haven't even mentioned...
1: Spider-Ham! Uh, he should have his own movie. <laughs> uh,
0: I can see him getting some great shorts. He should get a holiday special.
1: I would love that. I think he's just so funny. I don't know whether... Because I genuinely... John Mulaney is one of my favorite comedians. Mm-hmm. So I wonder whether... How much of that was just my goodwill towards him?
0: You know, we haven't... We have barely... met. Uh, we haven't mentioned um, Jake Johnson, who plays... Um, uh, Peter B. Parker, who is the right. washed-up Spider-Man who trains uh, Miles uh, Morales. Who's
1: body shamed a lot.
0: <laughs> he's a little pudgy. Yeah. He's in his 40s. He's re- uh, a semi-retired, and he's kind of a washout. There's also uh, Shamik Moore plays Morales. Mm-hmm. Um, they're great. Uh, uh,
1: Marsha Hall Ali plays his uncle, I believe.
0: Aaron Davis. Uh, uh, we, uh, Chris and I were talking the other day. I didn't realize. So his um, uncle and father played named Aaron Davis and Jefferson Davis, and his oh. name is Miles Morales. <laughs> he oh. has his mother's last name, so he's not named Miles M- Miles Those Davis.
1: Ah, oh, that's great. Uh,
0: his father, who I just mentioned, is played by Brian Tree Henry. Yeah, Atlanta. Lily Tomlin has a very brief role as Aunt May. Right. Um, and then there's others, but uh, Oh, and Leah Shriver is uh, the Kingpin. I, Jake Johnson is terrific in this.
1: Yeah, I was trying to place his voice for a really long time. Uh, but yeah, he has a great animation voice. Has he done any other animation? I was the one an
0: interview with him. He has, hadn't done that much at the time, but apparently he really enjoyed it. And he yeah, he has a more. great voice for it. Uh, um, but
1: yeah, that relationship was really good. Yeah. Uh, I thought it wasn't too saccharine. uh, So, because, I mean, again, it was one of those beats that we know had to be there. So, I'm glad that they sort of avoided, Mm. you know, those sappy pitfalls of it all. So, yeah, it was good.
0: I'm trying to find, I thought I read that uh, uh, Shamik Moore had played... Miles Morales in some other media, maybe maybe in a video game. I don't know, but I can't in find a it.
1: VR experience. immersive experience <laughs>
0: uh, into the Spider Um Anyway, I this I think we're both in agreement. This was a super fun superhero movie. Uh, let me ask you, Veronica, why do you think America made it number one? Uh, because it's Spider Man. <laughs> That's a good start.
1: Yeah, I mean it's Spider Man. It's something for the kids. Uh, I mean, this one happens to be a great one, but I feel like America doesn't really judge based on quality a lot. Mm. So <laughs> I, We're certainly learning that in this show. <laughs> that's true. So I feel like just brand recognition and the fact that it's animated was probably yeah. the thing.
0: But, um, but you would say the major selling point for people was probably just the words spider and man put yeah. together on a poster.
1: Yeah, I think people see Spider-Man, people open their wallets and people purchase the ticket. <laughs> and tickets. open their
0: hearts. Well,
1: oh. well.
0: the spiders.
1: Only for this one. <laughs>
0: um, uh, what do
1: you think, John?
0: I think that's probably true. I, I do think uh, the reviews were very good. Um, I think there was a feeling that this one was fun. Although I did hear from a few, you know, there, I've heard from a few people that they found the visuals a little annoying or cluttered in the trailers but I think a lot of people thought it looked really cool. Let's um go. uh did you like the Stanley cameo?
1: The Stanley
0: cameo? The Stanley?
1: Oh, oh, <laughs> it's like Stanley from The <laughs> Office. That is
0: absolutely <laughs> who I was referring
1: to. Uh yeah, no, I thought that was great. Uh, and I thought the little uh, dedication they had at the end yeah. for him was really nice.
0: I wonder how many...
1: Bill Maher would have been
0: infuriated. <laughs> um, all right, uh, let's take a quick break. So we just saw a modern superhero movie. We are going to travel back to the first of, I would you even call it the modern era at this point? Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> the movie that really showed what superhero movies could be in the box office, Christopher Reeve in 1978's Superman the movie, right after we travel through time.
1: <intendent> no, how does it go?
0: Not even close. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, that's Indiana Jones. Man, I are
0: it. We're not taking a break till you find it.
1: <polic sophisticatedríe> no, that's Jurassic Park. Uh,
0: Get through every John Williams
1: theme. <laughs> <annoyed> I think I that's close <anners> enough.
0: And the fact that I, I don't think I can do it myself.
1: Yeah, I think that that's very close.
0: All right, we're taking a break. <laughs> toot, <Toot-toot> toot away.
1: Toot, <Toot-toot>. toot. <laughs> John, we've ventured out of oh, yeah. the time machine <laughs> in the year nineteen seventy-eight. Things are so different. Oh man, I can really sense those oil <laughs> troubles. <laughs> And the Cold War is in our bones. <laughs> but what we are here for is to watch in person Superman colon, the movie. The movie. <laughs> you will believe a man can fly. Mm-hmm. But will you believe that a man could run? Not necessarily.
0: <laughs>
1: uh, Superman saves Metropolis, but not before an hour of... Prologue <laughs> and we travel back to a coin time where the villain's nefarious plot involves a very intricate land deal.
0: Lex Luthor,
1: let's go! Let's,
0: oh, zap, zap, wee! <laughs> zap, zap, wee! Is how
1: zap, zap,
0: we, wee. If, if there's anything we're good at in this uh podcast, it's making time machine sound effects. We should pitch um, this
1: to. Elon Musk.
0: We should.
1: Did you hear about that? What? So they released a software update for the Tesla that includes six fart sounds when your Tesla makes a turn. (laughs) Like. What? Yeah, so like when your turn signal uh, is on, it could make fart sounds. (laughs) That is something they thought was necessary.
0: (laughs) Good, yeah. Anyway. That's good.
1: They could have just our voices doing two Is he still teets. dating Grimes? <laughs> I don't know. I don't follow.
0: <laughs> so this is um, Superman the Movie. Came out in 1978. Hugely uh, a difficult production. They filmed this concurrently, at least for the most part, right. with Superman 2.
1: Until they realized that it was dumb <laughs> and stopped halfway
0: through. Well, yeah. There was some fights between uh, the director and... Um, uh, Richard Donner and the uh, Salkinds, the producers. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they stopped it. But this, there's so much crazy stuff in, in the production. It's really How worth looking at. about the
1: fact that it was written originally by Mario Puzo yep, of, of The Godfather <laughs> and the screenplay was 550 pages long and they wanted to shoot it all.
0: Yep, 550 pages for, for two two scripts. Um and it, it's crazy because this movie is incredibly long, but they, they rewrote that entor- entire screenplay. Uh, uh, and so they're major long sections with very little dialogue. Um, so this movie, know, what's the best way to start with? Well, first off, let's let's start here. Uh, we have not yet talked about it. You just finished it a few hours ago. Mm-hmm. Um, w- let's give our, our letter grades for Superman the movie. All right. I, so I have we, to figure this out in myself. I don't- are we
1: giving this? Like, as would we, like, based on just how we perceive it now or like considering, I guess, the cultural impact? We
0: asked the question, do these movies uh, uh, stand the test of time? Well, um, out of the way, clearly this movie had a massive impact. Right. Um, I mean, I guess people really say the modern superhero era began with uh, Raimi's Spider-Man and X-Men and, like, Blade. Uh, that Blade. that wave from 2000,
1: 2002. Not
0: Spawn. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, Spawn's very much in the 90s uh, superhero. Fun uh,
1: fact, that was the first uh, superhero movies of, uh I saw in theaters.
0: That is a fun fact that because is super that is. Fun. Uh, I don't remember fun, it at all. Uh, with uh, John Leguizamo as violator.
1: Oh, I do- I remember zero things from that movie.
0: Um, I remember that Martin Sheen's character Martin
1: Sheen is it I-
0: <laughs> has. Yeah, he plays. I think Jason Wynn or something, but uh Wynn is my mother's maiden name and my middle name, and I remember that when that movie came out. That's really all and, and the you, CGI cape.
1: And you love staying at the Wynn hotel somewhere. I resort. love it. I,
0: I am related to that uh that win as well, which is why uh, as everyone knows I'm a billionaire.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> That's a fun fact.
0: The fun fact about me is that I'm currently sitting sitting astride a throne of gold. <laughs>
1: Ooh, and he is pooping money.
0: (laughs) I am pooping money.
1: He has no control over his bodily functions and his checking account. (laughs) I
0: did say earlier that I was ill. I have a a rich people disease where you poop money. It is both a gift and a curse.
1: Is it a gift? Uh,
0: Well, you get to eat the money. Is legal tender?
1: Mm, That's nice. Uh, Is there a mint installed in your belly? How does that work?
0: Well, I'm rich, so I have a pore come through my fecal matter, and and like uh, I have like actually an old timey prospector oh. <laughs> sifting through my shit.
1: Wow. See, those are things we don't even know about the 1% of the one. So
0: I believe we were getting to whether or not we liked this movie. <laughs> um, again, no, uh, 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 this clearly had a huge effect on superhero movies going forward. Um, this really kind of paved the way. So I think we can say we both agree that this movie had a huge effect on pop culture, uh, really helped codify what is... Now the, for at least 10 years, the preeminent pop culture genre. So Mm -hmm. I think we can just answer, did you like this as a movie? With, with, you're an adult, you have understanding of like how visual effects have changed.
1: Right. But like,
0: did you uh, enjoy this? Let's give it a grade just as a film. All right. Sound good? On three. Let me think of mine. Okay. Uh, I feel like I'm going to give it like the same grade I give everything. eh, Okay. We'll see. Okay. One, two, three. C, C plus. plus. Ooh, I went higher. Yeah, that's I, I our think, furthest uh, deviation.
1: Yeah, I think this is the first one that I am not the more generous grader to.
0: I I will say, um, I I kind of loved, uh, particularly the Smallville section and the beginning of the Metropolis stuff. Like the Smallville. So this movie is very much has three sections. Um, The first section, uh, Superman, is just a baby. He's barely in. It is the uh, Krypton, or as um, Marlon Brando, who plays uh, Superman's dad, calls it Krypton. Uh, It
1: was also funny to learn that apparently Marlon Brando refused to learn his lines, and there were cue cards everywhere.
0: He doesn't but so he doesn't just, look like, like he's half hearted I will say he doesn't yeah. look like he's not trying. I there's mean so many he's stories Marlon about, Brando. Yeah. There's so many stories about how checked out Marlon Brando was in different movies, but it does seem like like he looks when when the uh, Kryptonian council says he's not allowed to leave and they don't believe him that the planet's gonna explode, he looks uh pretty he looks like a man trying to figure out how he can save his family. Um, For sure.
1: He's a Marlon Brando. He's a competent actor. I agree.
0: After, so this movie opens with... Well, here's a very interesting... This is a whole movie about, like, oh remember the innocence of the past. And Clark Kent's a man out of his time. This is a man from the past who's now in modern 1970s uh, uh, metropolis. But is
1: he a man of the past? I thought they were way more advanced. Well, that there's was...
0: a, his ideals are, are of the past. It, there's a mm. very weird thing that there's all these, like, uh, man-out-of-time elements in this movie. Um, but since the movie's so old now, it's 40 years. Right. All, both the, like... Both the Smallville section, the American Gothic Smallville section, and the city of the metropolis, the urban 1970s elements also feel so so of the past to us now. So these differences that I think were supposed to be so um, obvious at the time are flattened out. The, right. the passage of time has flattened them out. It's
1: sort of like going to Epcot in a way where <laughs> you are seeing the future of the past. Mm sort of
0: retro future that's a whole genre. Oh.
1: So, yeah, I uh, basically the movie movie doesn't start until an hour in, I yeah. would say. We
0: open with a curtain racing. Then we true. have a little boy gives narration that we have uh, narration over a comic book that turns into kind of newsreel footage. That then, and it's really, and it's very much for an older 1970s audience to be like, hey, remember those comic books and serials that you watched in the 30s and 40s? Remember the serials
1: from the radio?
0: Remember, get back, get back in that. And it's all like, we're now like, whoa, that's so far in the past. (laughs) but uh, then the camera shoots into space and we go into um,
1: 3 minutes of credits very, flying at you
0: very early i tra- <laughs> this is the first time i've watched this movie in full i have tried to watch multiple times these credits have killed me multiple attempts
1: i fast forward they are
0: so the, i mean look the theme is great this is <laughs> these are early computer generated titles and they are clearly so excited with how they look <laughs> so they give you know we'll we'll start they give the director Zoom. <laughs> directed by richard dunn marlon brando Then it goes, and you're like, yeah, all right. Superman, zoom. And then three minutes later, (laughs) like, best boy, zoom. (laughs) Key grip, zoom. And it's like, Jesus fucking Christ. It's
1: literally how I, when I discovered PowerPoint (laughs) and had to do it for class, every every piece of text had to fly in with some effect (laughs) and some sound effect and some word art. There's that also, was that for three minutes.
0: And the graphic design is also so weird in that, like, when it says, like, a costumes by blank, costumes by and the person's name are of equal size. <laughs> so it's, like, weirdly hard to read. It's the opening credit. Look, like, the theme song, despite our inability to remember it earlier, <laughs> is classic.
1: Da, 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 You're just going back into the. Is that Star Wars? No, yeah, Star da, 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 Wars. Da,
0: da, da, oh, yeah.
1: Oh, da, 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 That's da, Indiana Jones. Fuck. Okay. <laughs> All right. No, let's let's. Oh,
0: uh, the theme like it's classic, but good lord, these credits are long. And then we go into really the first section of the movie, which is the Krypton section, which goes forever and also opens with a very lengthy scene that is just setting up Superman 2, exactly. which they film concurrently, and I really was I was very curious do you, did audiences know that the sequel was coming out?
1: Yeah, what did think, they
0: think of this weird scene? They're like, oh, hey, there's Terrence Stamp. I guess he's in this movie. Oh, okay, bye, Terrence Stamp. <laughs>
1: yeah, like, I, I mean, I don't know how much knowledge the general audience had about film production at Certainly that point. Certainly weren't
0: websites. Yeah, a cool news wasn't around. There was no
1: ain't a cool news zine that was <laughs> arriving in the mail. Uh, yeah, so... I I would have to, so the, when did the sequel come out? In the 80, 81, something a, a, like that? Well, so
0: they filmed, they started filming it concurrently. Right. And at but, one point they were uh, going way over budget to so like, you know what? Let's take a break and just finish the first one. And at that point they'd finished 75% of the sequel. And then there was a whole drama. So the director got booted off. Uh, he, right. So there's a whole...
1: And he's not credited. Richard Lester is credited. Yeah, Richard
0: Lester is was brought in to finish Superman 2. In recent years, the Donner cut, quote unquote, of Superman 2 have come out. Um, but we didn't watch Superman 2, so we're not really yeah. talking about so that. The so the second one comes out two years later. Yeah.
1: So I don't know that. I mean, I assume some people might have known that the second one is coming up. I can't imagine most of the audience knowing that. And I feel like most of them would have been just Mm -hmm. confused about, oh, so this does not have any effect. This was just Krypton mumbo jumbo that we had to listen to.
0: We've talked so much in this, when we've gone to see these superhero movies of, Stuff that is just designed to promote future movies. And the way, when it works, it's either separate, like after the credits, or it's done in a way that either helps the current film individually, like um, a little Easter egg of having a character pop up in the plot and being like, oh, hey, that's Martin Freeman. Uh, that, yeah, that guy from The Office, he's eventually going to be, they're doing Black Panther next year. And so like <laughs> his character is going to be important in that one. Okay, bye-bye. Okay, okay. Um, oh, that's Yeah, that's Black Panther's dad. Um, like that kind of stuff, like mm-hmm. where it's a little more organic. And I was wondering like, does that scene, which is the opening of the movie, and it has the, the very start, this is no fantasy. <laughs> it's very much in that realm of like, dude, this ain't no kitty movie. Um, they,
1: I, it almost felt like it was an answer to uh, the Bohemian Rhapsody beginning. <laughs> <laughs> All those faces. No, it's just, is this a real life? Oh. <laughs> it's, just, it's just fantasy, and they're like, this is no fantasy.
0: But did that scene? It feels, without knowing that those characters are returning in the sequel, the only thing you get out of that five minute thing is just that uh, uh, Jor-El or whatever Superman's dad is has a problem with the the Krypton Alice. But anyway, so we get a half, how long is the Krypton sec- section? 15, 20 minutes? Uh,
1: yeah, probably about there. It's about 20, because I know the Metropolis stuff starts at, like, 48 minutes.
0: I, the first time he saves anyone as Superman is 58 minutes. I checked on that. Yeah. But so then we have the Smallville section, which I love. I think it's so, I mean, it's, (laughs) oh, I think it's so great. Every shot is so beautifully, like, um, framed.
1: I like the stuff with the Kents. Yeah. I didn't, I did not understand why they couldn't just have Christopher Reeve play a younger. Must we well, have he's another? Thirty.
0: He's in his thirties.
1: I, I feel like these days, and even at the time, people play like yeah. slightly younger versions well, they, of the They had,
0: they put a ton of makeup on that guy to make, yeah. and that's it's Christopher Reeves' voice. Yeah, he I dubbed all the dialogue,
1: which was apparently unknown to the actor. Yeah, imagine that. It was a big
0: fucking uh, kick in the face when he yeah. saw that.
1: Well, it was just yeah. I thought it was just the. I mean, the Ken's finding him, whatever, that's canon, and, like, choosing to raise him with, like, all these American ideals, that's, like, a very canon thing. But I don't care about, like, him not being cool in high school, like, <laughs> I, I don't know, like...
0: I, yeah, I think this is, like, so I really liked... So we talked before, I really love the Sam Rae movies, Sp- Spider-Man movies, and I, I love this very, like, Americana comic book, like, um, this tone. Uh, when when something really goes for this kind of old-timey tone, be it something like The Rocketeer or the Joe Johnson movies, The Rocketeer and uh, the first Captain America, I really like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think they hit that tone so perfectly in here with these just gorgeous shots of these fields all around the farm. So I really went for it. And then when we first got to... Metropolis I really liked that whole stuff as well I liked the newsroom I loved Mar- the f- the first scene where Margot Kidder like we go straight from Smallville to these scenes where like Mar- like h- uh, his girl Fry- Friday style like newsroom like snappy dialogue but like she's writing this horrible article about a a rape murder apparently <laughs> <laughs> I found that's a very funny
1: uh, um I just uh, that's Can we also, just to go back to the Smallville stuff for a yeah. second, that scene where he runs is so uh, weird. Well, the visual effects, I mean... Uh, no, but is why? Because it seems like he is moving his legs as if he's on a harness. Yeah. Why? It barely
0: hurt his leg doing that.
1: No, but couldn't he just run normally and they have speeded it up? Why does I he was, need to be on a harness at all?
0: I was actually watching that scene. I don't know how they did it. Because it was the, it the amount of plates that would be required. Is it with a, um, to put, cause a lot, so much of it is like rear projection and like right. blue screens and stuff, which apparently is why the suits so light colored. Um, mm. uh, and when he's eventually wearing the Superman suit, but like, um, it's, I don't know, because he, he's in the grass and they also had the windows of the train. And unless they had a train that they filmed... I Yeah, I thought it was impressive. It looked weird, but I still thought it was impressive because I don't know how they did it with the technology. It the
1: looked weird, but I feel like for... For any technology that I could imagine them employing, I don't see him being in a harness necessary for any of it. It was just, it was so odd to see him run like that. I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> but, uh, and I guess another, if I'm complaining, I'll continue complaining. But uh-huh. the sound design in the newsroom was horrible. Like, mm. the all the keys clackety-clacking was very overwhelming the dialogue. I really That's had to strain him. to hear it. Yeah, as
0: yeah, someone who works in an actual newsroom, but you work in a digital age newsroom. Everyone's got those quiet keyboards.
1: Exactly. We all have keyboard silencers, <laughs> but our guns did are it, really loud.
0: So you, you work at the New York Times. Did, did this I feel did. accurate? Does the Daily Daily Planet feel accurate to your experience in the newsroom?
1: Uh I mean, no. <laughs>
0: How frequently are you asked to find out, to find the, yeah, identity of superman
1: i mean on a daily basis our editor <laughs> it's such is a big story uh, <laughs> no but just the idea of him in so perry uh, in our
0: real world you don't know but michael schmidt is bob Mueller. oh of course <laughs> uh what's his uh
1: so uh perry what's his name perry, perry white is perry that white the name? i was about to say perry mason i was like that's wrong uh perry white I don't know how he hires Clark Kent, but he immediately fires Lois Lane from the story. I thought they were
0: becoming co...
1: No, but it was just odd that he introduces him on the first day, he's like, yeah, I'm, uh, you're not going to be on this story. He's going to be on this story, I say. He has something. Uh, what, and it's, like, based on what? What is that? Well, happening? I
0: want to know, uh, apparently Clark Kent must have falsified his records. Because what I didn't realize, and this is, so that's a right around to the point that I'd seen the movie before. Mm. Uh, like, through the Smallville section. Um, I didn't realize, I didn't remember that he goes into, like, stasis for 12 years
1: right to learn so, everything there is to learn he has learn.
0: no 20 so what's his resume when he shows up at the daily planet
1: he's like i am the head editor of the fortress of solitude gazette
0: but i so this is the introduction of like the, the all the the modern day in the movie characters that i think are most most famous so this is Christopher Reeve as Superman, Gene Hackman yeah. as Lex Luthor, Margot Kidder as Lois Lane. Let's let's go through those main performances. What did you think of Christopher Reeve?
1: I thought he was good. Uh, I thought I thought he was great. Yeah, I thought it, out of all the Spider, not Spider, Superman. Superman I've seen, I think is probably the best.
0: I uh, I there's something to me that's so appealing in those scenes, uh, especially between he and Lois Lane, not counting, I, as I mentioned through this podcast, which threw me for such a fucking loop. I was really writing down in my phone, everything about this works. I like everything. And then they went into the Peter Pan spoken word poetry <laughs> sequence. And I was like, oh, they may have tried one or two many things here. <laughs> and a lot of stuff like Ned Beatty, very funny. A lot. Once the real plot gets in motion, the movie kind of lost me. Mm. But um but just so they have this flirty interview with Lois Lane, with all Who, these. By
1: the way, as a journalist. Oh my god! Lives that apartment <laughs> in a penthouse.
0: Holy, this apartment, <laughs> oh my god, it is incredible. She has this balcony that a fancy restaurant would dream of having. <laughs> it is so nice. Um, but then he comes. They have this this interview with like all these like double entendres. It's it's very like. Uh, uh, sexualized in a way that I like, generally found very charming.
1: Yeah, I thought it was fun. Like yeah. I thought
0: it was very cute. I thought they're, they're both great in it. And then they go into this flying sequence and they'd made some reference to Peter Pan earlier. And then you realize oh, her sexy evening gown actually, once wind is blown on it, looks identical to how okay. Wendy Darling is dressed <laughs> in the Disney Peter Pan and they go for a full on, and they had a single, a song, I, a song that they had written that Margot Kidder was going to sing.
1: <laughs> that true? Yeah. What it was, was it called?
0: Well, it was the lyrics. They were going to sing and it was going to play over the sequence. And the director was like, that's stupid. I've got a better idea that won't be as foolish. Just speak the lyrics as beat poetry. <laughs>
1: but also there's a point where she's not even speaking. She's just thinking. Well, it's all he in her hear, mind. It's right, not like her yeah. lips are
0: moving. But yeah, yeah it is... So, into- and I think this is, what it's, I, I made that reference earlier of like, it, what if that was what all superhero movies descended from? But like, this really feels like they were like, this is fucking Superman. This is crazy fantasy. Let's get a little bit of every movie ever made into this <laughs> one movie. And this is, I think, the one element, like, or one of the many elements that just feels so bizarre. It's like saying, like, look at you. You are like a god with that beautiful face and that rockin' body. <laughs> you hold my hand, my heart's a flutter. Uh, you could cut through the tension because like Because I'm hot butter. like butter. It's yeah. It's those are not actual lyrics, but it These is. These
1: are pretty good though.
0: It is bizarre. <laughs> it also- and she's and she's dressed like Wendy. Dar- it's just a very weird. It it works and we've seen scenes like this before in recent superhero movies just it really is the lyrics that make it very strange
1: it also reminded me of aladdin it, oh very to be much honest so. it reminded me more of a whole new world it is, than it did of anything from peter pan other than the flying I, I
0: i would wage i would be willing to bet money that the directors of the disney aladdin were using this sequence As Kind of like, oh, this is the idea we're going for, yeah. Um,
1: and they kind of made it work,
0: yeah. They got (laughs) no, a whole new world's a wonderful scene, but that's also a musical,
1: exactly. Uh, No, of course, yeah. It kind of context is everything.
0: I I don't think it's that I like this is not like the movie was ruined for me, but this is what the point where it's like, oh wow, they're trying so many things, and in my mind, they're all working. This is what the point where the thing stopped working so well. Mm -hmm. Um,
1: See, for me, it stopped working so much earlier.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I mean, well, there's other things like, a lot of the humor, so particularly when it comes to the "quote unquote" contemporary sequence, they start the uh, all the sections before are in this magical alien world or in what's supposed to be this very timeless Smallville, timeless Americana. Mm-hmm. Um, once it starts becoming contemporary in feel and having these '70s elements, stuff starts feeling weird. Like there is a, a some humor elements that feel um, dated, not. Not horribly, like
1: yeah. This is aside not. From, yeah. Aside from
0: aside uh, from the pimp character, who's only seen for a second, okay. um, there like we could do our our, our new weekly segment of who oh boy that would not uh, <laughs> that would not work uh, fly today. Was that the the title?
1: Yeah, I guess. Even though sadly. The pimp thing still keeps happening. Like, equivalents oh, yeah. of that still happens well, in movies today. It's
0: supposed to be just shorthand for modern urban. Right. But it just becomes this very stereotypical looking pimp. But like there is like there's 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 this very cute scene with a little girl where he the Superman saves her kitten and mm-hmm. it's just this very he's like he's just saved like a plane. And then it's yeah. like, oh yeah, but he also will save a little kitten for a treat because he's this much of a wonderful guy. And then that scene ends with the punchline of the mom being like, Don't make up stories. Slap <laughs> and slap, slap And it's just like our our views of Uh, corporal punishment uh, on children have become so changed from 1978 that I went, whoa. Yeah,
1: for sure. Uh, So do you want to talk about Lex Luthor and his ingenious plan? And
0: Miss Tessemacher or Tessemacher, what the fuck's
1: her name? Yeah, she has a very long last name. (laughs) She's, I I call her Parker Posey (laughs) 0.0.
0: Parker Posey's Euro porno?
1: No, 0.0, because
0: oh.
1: <laughs> Parker Posey was uh, Kevin Spacey.
0: I never assistant. saw Superman Returns. Oh,
1: really? I, I was thinking that I enjoyed that movie on a whole more than I did this, but that's not did she, a praise. So Parker Posey
0: plays that character?
1: Yeah, she plays his, Lake Lex Luthor's ditzy mm. assistant in that movie.
0: I, I mean, I really like Gene Hackman. I just found, once we really got into his plot... There's, like, a whole bunch of comic relief sequences right. where, it's, where it's, like, him getting the new, like, the codes to the missiles or whatever. And they're fun for what they are. But we're so deep into the movie at this point. Because yeah. we do really, like, fucking 20 minutes in, in Krypton, 30 minutes in, 20 more minutes in Smallville. It really is so long before we get to the Superman stuff that when it's like, okay, but then now here's the plot of the actual Superman stuff. Exactly. It's like, oh, I don't give a shit. I don't I don't care.
1: Well, could we at least talk about how his plan is in our modern time could be considered savvy business. <laughs> like, his plan is essentially I mean, other than I guess him diverting where the rockets go. Uh-huh. Like it is basically, I'm going to buy this land that no one has, thinks has value mm-hmm. and and because of insider information that I have and then I'm going to be rich. Like, you know... Yeah,
0: subtract uh, uh, creating a giant earthquake that separates California right. from continental U.S. It's a pretty...
1: But just, you know, I feel like it was almost coined in a I, way of like how... I think like they there has to be someone on Wall Street who has come up with mm-hmm. like a similar scheme where people are like, oh, bravo, bravo, sir. You're in the brokerage of the year. You are yeah. or whatever, you know,
0: I loved it. And I, 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 I love that whole characterization. I Lex Luthor is the, the smartest man in the world. I uh, the whole scene where he's tricking Superman into uh, discovering the uh, kryptonite, I thought, mm-hmm. thought it was I. I liked a lot of it. It just, does he the movie live, had kind of worn me down. He lives under uh Central Does he live Grand in Central. Grand Central
1: Terminal? Because at one point you see signs that are like trains right yeah. and like food left. So
0: they filmed Metrop- Metropolis is New York. Right. Um, they filmed there. And so, yeah, when we see uh, Otis, which is uh, Ned Beatty, yeah. uh, his henchman, go oh. into Grand Central, this whole, this is like, it's a fun scene, but this is the point where I'm like, this movie can't be 300 movies at once. When we get the like six minutes uh, crime sequence followed, yeah. of him being followed by a police officer, <laughs> who is then it turns into the introduction of Lex Luthor, who brutally, brutally kills that police officer <laughs> by pushing him in front of a subway. Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: As he does,
0: yeah, that guy really fuck you, Blue. But officer. also,
1: I was a bit confused. Isn't Lex Luthor? No, because he seems to be mainly a villain in this universe, Mm -hmm. whereas I thought that he had, I mean, I guess similarly to Superman, Clark Kent had like an alter ego of like he's a known businessman That's in from the later world.
0: revisions. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah.
1: Because that was that was confusing to me because he seemed to mainly be I'm the smartest man and I'm the most villainous villain that ever were villains. Yeah, he's you know?
0: just a, a a crook in this one. Okay. He is not a yeah. secret respected. But, like I think there's some version of like these comics where he's like president and shit.
1: Well, I guess, yeah, because I guess in the most recent Snyder movies, Jesse Eisenberg played him as a Mark Zuckerberg. Oh yeah, he's like a tech a- whiz. Or I guess we are assuming Zuckerberg because he played Zuckerberg. I have made
0: it like a weird tradition where every year when I take a, 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 like for the past few years, I've had like business reasons to fly to California and I've always tried to watch, for some reason, the DC like Snyder movies are available. So on multiple plane trips, I've attempted to watch one of them and I've never made it through more than 10 minutes.
1: I have not seen any that's not, uh, I've only
0: seen Wonder Woman. Batman v. Superman. Oh, my the God. The custody battle. The stuff I want. It was so fucking bad. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, okay, so uh, uh, were there any, any other weird elements? One of your weird element, I noticed that just seemed like a weird, uh, uh, a weird, I don't want to say fetish, but something is going on. There are so many scenes in this movie where people uh, kiss unconscious people.
1: That's true. It
0: happens, like, four or five times.
1: I don't, yeah. I that, that And
0: it's called attention to.
1: Well, I definitely noticed it and I like, maybe the last time that happens when Superman drags Lois Lane out of the car when she yeah. dies but and this- he does it and it's like I think maybe they were trying to make it seem like it's going to be a Snow White situation Mm. where he kisses her back to life, but then it doesn't happen.
0: So there's a whole sequence where Miss Tessenbacher is pretending to be unconscious to distract military guys, and then there's a a, a wacky gag where the commander's like, "Uh, I'll give her mouth to mouth. (laughs) Uh, I'm the commanding officer. Uh, And it's like, you weird. And then (laughs) Miss Tessenbacher in return kisses Superman while he's unconscious. Right. It just, like, weirdly keeps happening.
1: Maybe that's... What was the rating of this? Is this
0: G? Oh, I don't know.
1: I, I assume it's pretty G-ish, so maybe I that was hard, their way... Hard, to, R. Maybe, hard R. maybe that was their way of inserting kissing back into it.
0: Well, it just felt like, because like, after the Tessenbacher... The weird thing is, after the Tessenbacher one, Superman actually says, why did you kiss me before saving me? And she says, because I... Uh, because I thought you wouldn't let me after. Ew. And it feels like it's supposed to be a weird humanizing moment. It's like, oh, she's got a crush. And it's like, that's a gross rationale for making out with someone who's like dying.
1: Yeah, I think that's something we've encountered in these movies before, where things that are supposed to be flattering are straight up creepy now, you know? And that's definitely one of them.
0: But I gotta say, <laughs> before a 1978 movie, I would say there are there were less things in this movie that may, may be like ooh gross 1978 than like the water boy
1: <laughs> True but i think it might have to do with the rating and the, Yeah sort the, of i think this is i would i would assume for the most part this movie was marketed towards children i don't know that...
0: Yeah i think it was yeah. marketed as like big broad like family fun
1: yeah. It was this definitely This is a year not,
0: after Star Wars
1: Yeah but I can't... And I remember reading about this, about how I don't know that the, these movies appeal to many... Like, to adults mm. without children, you know?
0: Well, I think... So this is, uh, this is the late 70s. We've had Jaws. We've had Star Wars. So this idea of a giant four-quadrant event blockbuster is really growing. And so I would... I think this it, this was very heavily marketed as, I mean, you see it in the opening. This is for children, but it's also for the children in all of us right. who remember loving George Reeves in Superman serials back in the day in black and white. Right. That kind of thing.
1: Uh, yeah, I guess. I just, I don't know. I can't imagine... I guess still, like, it's hard for me to believe that, like, a lot of adults take these movies seriously. Not that a lot of adults see these movies, Uh. which I think is fine, but just people being very upset about about them,
0: well, I mean, but, yeah, I mean, there's yeah. that ugly, absurd level of fandom. But I, I yeah. genuinely felt like on there, like because especially the Smallville section is so mythic as like this weird, like modern fairy tale. I mm-hmm. found all that stuff with like a Pa Kent dying and those shots at the funeral. I found that all very effective and no, sweet. that
1: was good. His family stuff was good. His
0: um, we could see he... little Clark Kent's penis. Yeah, <laughs> that was.
1: It was one. It was a shot where I looked away from the screen, and it. I. I didn't want to like, f- like rewind because I was like, "Am I the creep who's gonna be like, was that kid naked?" And she's like, "No, I, I'll assume that he had something on." But thank you. For and me, with all for our me. smart
0: technology, <laughs> your TV just somewhere in the code just made a little log. A uh, user rewound to rewash child penis.
1: Well, I didn't rewind. <laughs> but, oh, did you? That's actually a thing that Netflix is working on right now of sort of a smart rewind where you would have a button. It would be akin to the skip credits that exists now where... After certain scenes, a button would appear that would be rewind because it assumes you would want to see that awesome scene again.
0: Wait, I don't like it when it pops up for skip credits. I don't want shit. I thought what you were going to say is that they're adding something that will like will, like, uh, create a red flag if people watch stuff that's too, like, child-porny. Oh. <laughs> will, like, notify the FBI. Well, like, I think... Like, they've watched... Uh, uh, <laughs> a user is in his 40s, but has watched MTV's Skins over and over again.
1: <laughs> oh, boy. No, I mean, they might have that, too. I don't know, but that's not something they're piloting at the moment. Do you want to talk he really about... Really
0: loves the- Larry Clark films.
1: Okay. <laughs> his name is Larry Clark. <laughs> <laughs> um, do you want to talk about the climax of the
0: movie? Uh, yeah, I, I did kind of... Uh, that also felt very 70s, because that felt like, watch as Superman travels from the Towering Inferno to the Poseidon Adventure, to Earthquake. and All these, like, disaster scenes felt very well, much Well, that of was the 1970s. season of the
1: disaster movie. Yeah, they had a felt, lot of disaster yeah. movies. But it was also, I gotta say, did you feel like he had enough obstacles, I guess, as a character. That's sort of nitpicky, but he seemed to just, other than, I guess, being trapped by, like, Sleuthor for a little bit. Otherwise, everything went great for him. Yeah, Like, there was not a whole lot of, you know, crisis either moral or, you know. Well, this is
0: what people have always said is the problem with adapting Superman is that he's quote unquote, too powerful. Right. And which is why I think like a lot of the origin stories and the origin story and stuff in this, I think to me, and I'm not a Superman connoisseur. I I don't really, this is a character I really, I tried reading a a few collections of it a few years ago. Um, of some of the major Superman stories, I it's not a character I super get into, but I think he's most You're not interesting. A Superman man, I'm not a Superman man. <laughs> Yo man, I'm not a Superman man. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, but I think the character works well primarily as like how other characters respond to him mm. um, because of those elements. But that's just me. I I think he works best as like a weird like father figure. He mm-hmm. is an he is a figure who is who is perfect in our eyes uh but does not judge us for our failings but in rather uh works to teach and inspire mm. uh, but again that's from my very limited ex i like i had never even seen this movie before
1: yeah yeah it just felt odd mostly i guess from like the principles of screenwriting perspective of <laughs> just Yeah, things are going great. He's, like, saving people left and right. There was one hiccup. He got away. And then he continues saving everything, and everyone survives at the end, and it's great.
0: Yeah, I think that's why, despite really liking Gene Hackman in this movie, I just, I didn't really give a shit about uh, Lex Luthor putting his plan in action.
1: Right, yeah. So I'm like,
0: well, dude, Superman's gonna beat the shit out of you. (laughs) I also,
1: for some reason, so, I guess to spoil... Things Lois Lane dies because
0: she somehow what?
1: <laughs> yeah, she ends up in the desert. I assume researching a story. I forget the actual. For some
0: reason, uh the Daily Planet sent Lois. Lois from Lane
1: Metropolis and,
0: and photographer like cub reporter Jimmy Olsen. Yeah, to <laughs> to Nevada.
1: Yeah. So, so yeah, Jimmy Olsen stands atop the of the Hoover Dam right at the moment <laughs> that it blows up. And uh, Lois Lane is driving in the middle of nowhere uh, and all of a sudden rocks fall. And I guess- Disturbing
0: s- sequence.
1: Yeah. And so, I guess the earth opens up.
0: The San Andreas Fault because of Lex Luthor.
1: But it's in Nevada. It wouldn't be there. That was like also another weird part. Well, like
0: how, how it's, I mean, it really did feel like yeah. and now suddenly we're in a 1970s disaster movie. Yeah,
1: it- And also, if you look, there was an aerial shot and the fault or the crack Mm. in the earth stops at her car. There's nothing going beyond (laughs) her car. But anyway, so she ends up uh, falling into it. She dies. Uh, Clark can or Superman is not fast enough to save her. Mm-hmm. He attempts a Snow White's kiss. That does not work.
0: And, and that's you learn that in your EMT training. The first thing you should always try <laughs> is a Snow White kiss. A true love's kiss. <laughs> and if that Just, does not you work. You never know. You know, it's, there's a possibility that the victim is your true love. Exactly. Now, if you already have a true love, let's say you've already like EMTs who have already woken someone up from an enchanted spell need no yeah. they don't need to that's try why it on other own. Always have
1: a versional EMT on staff because yeah. they have not yet found their true yeah. love.
0: That's why when you see like an ambulance, <laughs> you'll see the EMTs EM- <laughs> going, Okay, we tried. We tried. We let's- tried.
1: Now let's try the defibrillator. <laughs> uh, so, and then he decides, even though his bio dad told him not to mess with the history of yeah. the human world. Uh, He decides to defy him and obey the orders of his Earth dad who says that you are here for a reason. And uh, he decides the reason that he's here is to save Lois Lane. And he, I guess, flies so fast around the Earth that it stops its regular spin and goes backwards long enough for none of it to have happened.
0: It is very unclear what so time goes backwards and it's very unclear what happens like like what happens to lex luther and crew like did he just vanish with, with a yeah um but whatever time goes backwards but jimmy is still left it is very it is weird but yeah. it's kind of set up in these lines about like we're like like, e- and powers you will discover. Like, there's some lines about that, and it's set up in the moment where he can't save Pa Kent at the beginning. Um, it, yeah, worked it for me. yeah, I didn't really mind
1: it, but it was just the repercussions of it were unclear. I introducing
0: guess. time travel, <laughs> yeah. I think, have we had this conversation before in this podcast? Introducing time travel in a non time travel story is always.
1: I mean as a, a box headache. office named after a time machine <laughs> I feel like it would be behoove on us to discuss time travel
0: All I'll say is there's a reason that a reason that JK Rowling had to have, had to write into one of her later books that all the time turners had been destroyed
1: Uh the time turners but I feel like to be honest she mm. was one of the only people who kind of made it work out of the things that I, like I've read that involved It kind of
0: well I mean yeah, this is a world where there's an evil villain killing people, but and we have time machines, but hey, let's only use them to let the the brainy girl go to multiple math classes. Arithmancy
1: is <laughs> important, goddammit. Yeah, it's very true, I think. I mean, to be honest, that's a fault with all the fantasy things, mm. is that like you only use a fantasy object for one specific purpose yeah. without explaining how it could not have been used to also solve the much larger problem.
0: I This didn't bother me. Like, this was nowhere on the level of, say, one of the, the worst blockbusters I've ever seen, Star Trek Into Darkness. In which they fucking cure death at the end of the movie, use it to save Kirk, but not the other hundreds of people (laughs) who died. They discover that, like, Triffid or whatever these aliens are called, their blood. That's
1: from Rocky Horror, isn't it? Or that's in a song. Well, I think it's a reference to. I don't know, that's (laughs) Day of the Triffid. That's another
0: song. There's some little stupid creatures from the original Star Trek series that they bring back in the. movie. Is Into
1: Darkness the, the one with Sherlock? With, the
0: trouble with Triffids. Is, I don't know. This is also I'm aware of Star Trek without being mad aware of Star Trek.
1: Is Into Darkness the latest one or the one with Sherlock? No,
0: Beyond was the latest one. This was the this was the Cumber Cumber. The Khan
1: one where they didn't want to say they had. The one where the con. whole movie
0: is uh, secretly a nine eleven truther. Uh, is
1: that true? I've oh, only...
0: that's 100%. Look it up.
1: I only the... saw, I guess, the reboot, the first one. The, the J. J. Reiner the is
0: uh, is a big 9-11 truther, and the entire movie is about the uh, government orchestrating a disaster oh, to gosh. disguise their, to hide, like a false flag disaster, to hide their own evil. It is so abysmally bad. It is such <laughs> a fucking bad movie. People
1: were praising that movie, if I recall correctly.
0: Um, yeah. Um, All right. Anyway, well,
1: but- I guess we can safely say Superman better than Star Trek Into Darkness.
0: <laughs> better, I, I can, I definitely say it. Um, uh, I, I liked it. The a lot of the st- the old old stuff worked for me. Once we got into Metropolis proper, the early stuff with Lois Lane worked for me. But then, as much as like Gene Hackman, a lot of the actual once the actual plot kicked in in that section, I found it a, a little dull. Um, I think you were lost a little bit sooner.
1: Yeah, I was I mean to be honest, the Krypton stuff lost me. I I did like I did like the Metropolis parts quite mm. a bit. I think if the movie was mostly just that, mm. I would have enjoyed it a bit more.
0: I could lose a little of the Krypton stuff. Really, I I wouldn't lose a second of the Smallville stuff. I love it. Oof. I love his big football kick. I love it all. <laughs> um, I think it's obvious why this movie was number one in its day. I think For its sure. impact has been while we, I while modern superhero movies have sanded off chunks of this that don't work, spoken word poetry. Um, <laughs> uh, you can see the lineage from this movie all the way to spider-man into the spider-verse as different as that film is but in the end of the day it's not that different cause it's a, again it's a comic book superhero movie right? which we uh in this show will watch many of because oh, that's what america uh, loves
1: thanks america dear listener we have a treat for you coming up next week in lieu of oh. talking about probably most likely aquaman <laughs> We will do a rundown of our favorite movies of the year that were not necessarily number one in the box office.
0: I'm sure a lot of them were not. (laughs) Yes.
1: Uh, So uh, we can talk about the week of January the 11th, which would be the next one.
0: I mean, we can just say right now, it's The Predator.
1: Oh, of course! It's we still gonna both be the Predator.
0: Loved the Predator.
1: Yeah. Well, John, why are you? Why are you spoiling? Guys, you
0: don't need to listen to it. I'm just listing the Predator ten times. I'm just kidding. It's really night school.
1: So uh, January 11th, mm-hmm. the our nationwide contenders are A Dog's Way Home, to which we've both the saw sequel. the trailer. I believe. Yep,
0: the sequel to A Dog's Purpose.
1: Is that true? I is that in the Absolutely. Dog's Purpose universe? It is in a Dog's How Purpose universe. How many dogs universe? were harmed during the making of this one?
0: Um, hopefully a lot because they really <laughs> sold out by being in that movie. They're, they're hacks, those dog actors.
1: Oh, boy. All okay. right, some, uh, some hard takes. <laughs> uh, there's replicas... Which is a Keanu Reeves' vehicle. I saw the poster
0: for that, but I have not seen a single trailer.
1: I can read you uh, the synopsis, which goes as follows. A brilliant neuroscientist who is working on recreating the human brain for Alzheimer's research uses his work to replicate his family members after they are killed in a car accident. So it's not unlike... Kingpin's Kingpin. <laughs> plan, uh, it's PG-13. Well, and good. The Upside, which is, I believe, a remake of a French
0: movie. Oh, that looks so fucking bad. Yeah. that I gotta say, I, I think I always just end up saying the one I wanna watch the least. It is absolutely The Upside, a schmaltzy, and it doesn't even look like schmaltzy, but insane like Welcome to Marwen. This yeah. just looks fucking boring and awful.
1: Yeah, I did not see the French movie because that felt too schmaltzy mm. for me. I can only imagine how the Americanized version is. Have you of seen the editor. trailer? No, I, I saw the poster and I was like, oh, Kevin Hart and Brian Cranston, that's... We can, oh we can
0: watch the trailer after this. It is everything you expect from that poster. Oh, God. Um, uh,
1: uh, yeah, I Was would,
0: anything coming out the week before that might uh, be... I, I would guess with those options that it's probably going to be an older movie. I mean,
1: I would not be surprised if Aquaman just rides this all the way, but uh, it's something called out? Escape Room.
0: Oh, man, I want to see that. The trailer for that looked fun. And I like escape rooms.
1: I have not been to an escape room. If that
0: got good reviews, I'd be down to see that whether it's number one or whatnot. But I'm sure that's going to be terrible. And Eli, parentheses,
1: 2019. What the hell is that? I don't know. It has like no synopsis. Uh,
0: Well, then I'm going to say that one. All right. um, (laughs) I have no guesses. Uh,
1: It's a horror movie about a boy who becomes trapped in a haunted house while undergoing treatment for a rare disease.
0: The mm. I mean, it's actually the same disease that they're trying to cure in replicas,
1: and that they're trying to escape in
0: these two <laughs> rooms. <laughs> yeah. <it's> actually- <laughs>
1: <laughs> to be honest, I would not be surprised if the Keanu Reeves one gets it. People Maybe. like Keanu Reeves, and it's PG thirteen.
0: It's entirely possible. Um, all right. Uh, uh, I don't think uh, I think we answered all the questions we have for these movies. Um, sure this is did. our our last episode of 2018. Any final thoughts? Well, we'll, we'll have a rundown next week. Let's,
1: <laughs> let's, just, say,
0: let's just say goodbye forever.
1: Bye. Toot <laughs> <Doo-doo. laughs> toot.
0: Hello, time travelers. Oh, I hate it. <laughs>